In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow. I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. With hosts Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having. And Emily Lubin. Remember, choose like you have a secret. We're here to amuse your boosh. Hello, and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Remy. And I'm Emily. And today we have a Dear DST and a DS Teachable moment. But before we get started, Remy, I heard that you bought some bathing suits. I bought some bathing suits. Spill. Okay, so I was very angsty, as everybody knows, after our last recording. And um, was it something I said? Yeah, it was just the fact that you have so many bathing suits and I have none. Yeah, okay, can no. I clarify? <laughs> Wait, real quick, I know I, I asked you a question. I just want to clarify, I don't actually have 200 bathing suits. That was an exaggeration. And it's okay if you do. However, I was <laughs> feeling like I was at zero with my bathing yeah. suits. Yeah. And so I was just like, what do I do? Um, I was talking about the brands that Rayanne mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I went and I, for whatever reason, that that zazzy blue bathing suit that I thought would be like so amazing, mm-hmm. I like looked at it and it, I saw the underwire and I was like, no. Yeah, no, like, I told you how I feel about an yeah, underwire no. bathing suit. And at first I was like, no, sometimes they can, but this, it was like, there was too much structure. I was like, it's going to be uncomfortable for me. I just know by looking at it, I don't want to put myself through this try on process right now. Mm. And I also wasn't feeling too great that day to begin with. So I was like, let's not go into this with like negativo mindsets. Also, I will say, and we didn't mention this last time, bathing suits are so expensive. And that's another reason why I'm always like hesitant to invest in them. Totally. For a piece of cloth. Yeah. You know, but I actually didn't mention this. I do like to buy a lot of them secondhand. Mm. And you can find bathing suits new with tags Mm -hmm. because, you know, I know that that's not super hygienic buying bathing suits secondhand, but you can buy new with tags on Poshmark, Depop, any of the resale apps, and you can get them for like half the price. Yeah, so usually I think like they'll sell like a separate and it'll be like a top for 40 bucks and a bottom for 40 bucks. Mm -hmm. Or if you're at a more high-end store, which I also went to a more high-end store because I was like, maybe I just need to invest even more. What was the store? I don't know. It was something on the Upper West Side. Like a boutique? Yeah, they were gorgeous bathing suits. But then I was like, I just can't imagine spending 100 for a top and 100 for a bottom. So then you fast forward a few days and... I went to TJ Maxx. Oh, Maxinista. I am a Maxinista. I love TJ Maxx and Marshalls. I love the amount of selection. This was nice to just have like a bunch of different things. And so I went in with the inspiration of a long sleeved one piece mm-hmm. because I thought that looked really good on Rayanne. I found one by Trina Turk. Oh, I, I know Trina. Yeah. And it's a zip up. And it's got those little thumb holes. It's like okay. a, a fully long sleeved one. Full rash guard. S- full rash guard. And I'm like, so like I can't wait for my sunburnt day. 
that I still have to be out in the sun, but yeah. I will be protected by this thing. I feel so good in it. No, but Remy, really, you should be wearing it to prevent the sunburn. Right. Like, it's really good. Th- those, I should they have <laughs> UV protection in the sleeves yes. for that reason. Yes. But, okay, so I can wear it to protect or to protect from the thing I've done to but, myself. No, but I, I really do love the look of them, too. I love a rash guard. So sporty. Mm-hmm. I re- I mean, I'm really excited about it. It did have booby padding. So it was making me look like a, <laughs> jugs l- a lot more juggy than I even am. Uh-huh. That must be a sight. It was a lot. My boyfriend was happy. <laughs> um, but I was like, these things need to come out like... I want to be a swimming woman, not a flotation device. Okay, but when you take them out, do you have nippleitis? I don't really care about it. I think nipples are kind of hot. Hot, yeah. Yeah. Um, And also, this thing is so tight that I don't know if you even could. Okay. I Probably when you get into anything but lukewarm water, Mm -hmm. you will have nippleitis. But you're right. That's sexy. If you're comfortable with it, I think it's a hot look. I like nips. I got two, like... Very nice bikinis that fit well. Describe the cut and color. So the orange one is very bright orange. And then it's got kind of like the fit of underwear from the 90s where it's like a full ass. But then it's got those little thin side ties, side thing. But they're not ties. They're just straight. Just little stringies. Yeah. I don't like ties. I've always thought those like got in the way of me. They're so precarious. Yeah. They're so precarious. I never buy ties. But these ones, they just fit like nice little like those Calvin Klein ads. Like you can just pull them up. I believe they're called a tanga. Is that what it's called? Yeah. (laughs) This is crazy that I remembered this. Mm -hmm. But that used to be kind of a trendy underwear type. I guess it wouldn't have been in the 90s because when I was online mentally and Mm -hmm. on the computer it would have been the 2000s but yeah it's like a bikini cut Mm -hmm. but strings on the side so from the side it kind of looks like a thong I used to think it was the sexiest like that's what I wanted to wear I love okay so I used to stray away from these things that's just gonna be like one line because I have an undulating body that it can like hip dips I've got hip dips yeah and those things would cut in but like for whatever reason, maybe it's doing this podcast. I've I now I'm like, wait, I want to like show those off. I love that, and I kind of love the other dip that it gives me. That's awesome. Yeah, and I completely know what you're talking about because I have the same thing. I don't like I said. I usually don't go for strings because I feel like they dig in and mm-hmm. they, you know. Um, I guess a word for it is unflattering. Like I always felt like it was unflattering. But then when I see it on other people, I never think to myself like, oh, that makes her I don't even think look. it was an unflattering thing for me. I think the ties that they were uncomfortable because you oh. can't wear a tied bathing suit under shorts or anything. And it's just like, they're just like all over the, the place. The way they sit on your body. Yeah. So you went for a string. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And I... I just love what it looks like on. Like, I cannot wait to wear this thing. I also bought a, the blue one, which has three of the, the strings, oh. which will distribute, you know. <laughs> the dip. The dips. Uh-huh. Does it make multiple dips? Yes. But it's I a real messy platter. That, I find it cool. And the, yeah, and then this one, the top didn't really fit too perfectly, but I'm like, okay, I'll just adjust it. That's another thing you can just do with bathing suits. It's like if the strap, strap is too long, you can have it taken in a little bit. 
Oh, so you're going to go to the tailor? I think I'm going to do it. Tacking it will be really easy. And also, if it's not, I think paying $10 for somebody else to do it is going to be better than if I went and got like a fancy bathing suit that oh, yeah. costed and way, you know. Yeah, I, I could give you the information for my tailor. It's so inexpensive. I don't think it needs to be. A, it could be like anybody. I think you could do it. Yeah. But if you do need to take it in, yeah. you let me know. Yeah. I got a girl. What else? I think I, I think I got like, oh, another one piece. That is split down the middle, lemon on one side, lime on the other. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's got like a very low back and it's very ruched in the middle and also at the butt. Okay. It is so cozy. Do you like the way that the butt scrunching looks? I love it. Okay. Because that is something that I've been just torn up about. There are certain ones that I don't like the butt scrunch. Yeah. Like on a two piece, usually a butt scrunch, it really has to hit you in the right place. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It can look like weird. Yeah. No, this, the one, I'm going to make a video, I think. I was joking. You were joking about it last time, but like, I think I, I really like my shit and I'm really proud of myself. I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for this journey. Yeah. And, you know, we do have um, a Betches pool party coming up. So yeah. maybe I'll get to see yeah. one of these in person. Probably the rash guard. That's really great. Wait, so you got three or four? I think I might have even gotten five, but I'm oh, not damn. remembering the last one. Oh, no. This, I just bought a top because it was like the bottom didn't fit, but you could buy them separately, which... Uh huh. Another wonderful thing about TJ Maxx was it a size issue that it didn't fit or the style? The style, but I just loved how the top fit. It's like kind of like a tubular ruched hot pink thing, and then it's got thick straps, and it reminds me of something that Kirsten Dunst wore in Bring It On. Love the vibe, and I was like, I need that. I'm what I'm hearing is with the orange bottoms and the blue bottoms. Yeah, so it totally works. You don't need the bottom. Yeah, I I'm hearing. It seems like you went really neon and bright colors. Yeah, I wanted to be like a little colorful. Like an 80s aerobics instructor. Yeah, no, because the one suit that is black is the long sleeved one. Okay. Or whatever. Cool. Um, And it's like a little, it's got tan and kind of like leopardy stripey, but it's like pretty, it's the most subdued out of all of them. Okay. But yeah, I was thinking with like Fun summer and also my cousin's bachelorette in mind. I was like, I want to have some fun suits that actually like I look at them. Like the way that you were saying, like you love to just like look at your bathing suits. Oh my God. I love to just look at all of the colors together. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that so hard. Do you see like how excited I get? I don't know what it is. It's like it symbolizes (laughs) summer and freedom. Freedom. And it's just like this feeling of just showing off your body like no matter what it looks like in the bathing suit because we're here at the beach to go swimming Mm -hmm. maybe to tan to have a relaxing day we're not like judging each other's bodies we're just relishing in our unique diversity yeah I mean like mine I'm just excited because they're comfy oh that's like nothing cuts into my sides in an uncomfortable way like and I actually when I put on the this is so embarrassing I I tried on my things in the store and then at home twice. Every suit I put on twice because I was so excited. Like I wasn't like, oh, like, was this a bad idea? I was like, no, you're like, I want to wear it. Look at me in this bathing suit. Like I felt like a five-year-old that just got a new nightgown. (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Like I was like, everyone look. With like the Powerpuff Girls on it. Yeah. And like, I was like so proud of myself. And like, I put on the long sleeve one and I was like, I can't wait to go swimming in this. Like, I could see you snorkeling in that long <laughs> sleeve. No, I'm like picturing a whole new life for you. It's a whole new me. You're a scuba diver now mm-hmm. in your long sleeve rash guard-esque yeah. bathing suit. I am not even kidding you, Remy. Sometimes Andy will walk into our bedroom mm-hmm. because I'll disappear in there for a while and I'll just be in a bikini. Like, I'll just be like <laughs> trying on my bathing suits for no fucking reason. Yep. And it's a vibe. It's a great feeling. And I'm so happy that you get mm-hmm. to feel that. I love it. God bless. Can't wait to everything. show you my suits. Oh. And I'll I'll show I'll tell you who makes all of them too, in case you guys want them. Yeah, will you tag? Yeah. Tag that shit. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try smalls. Small's cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your own fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some Small's to my friend in Brooklyn who is fostering kittens, and they took to it right away. It is delicious. It is nutritious. It is easy to serve. Yum, yum, yum. Eat it up. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh, protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And They're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life, so it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, Newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. 
Guys, as many of you know, I've been on an alcohol-free journey. Please don't hold it against me that I just said journey, but I have. And one thing that I've really missed on this journey is beer. But now with Athletic Brewing, I'm able to get that delicious beer-like taste in my mouth without any of the alcohol. It's amazing. Just so you guys know, I used to love sours. I'm a big sour drinker and I really miss that taste. And now I don't have to miss out on it. It's amazing. Whether you're trying to cut back or you just want to explore a non-alcoholic alternative, Athletic Brewing is often a game changer. They offer a variety of different full-flavored brews with no alcohol allowing you to sip and celebrate anytime and anywhere. Do you like hazy IPAs, sweet fruity sours? Now you can enjoy this style without the hangover the next day. They offer hassle-free delivery right to your door when you order at athleticbrewing.com. Athletic brews bevs you can drink anytime, anywhere and still go right back to whatever you were doing. It's a great fit for parenting, playing sports, watching sports, doing chores, late nights and early mornings so you can imbibe without worry. Try Athletic Brewing non-alcoholic beers for yourself. Use code DST to get 15% off your first order at athleticbrewing.com. That's code DST at checkout for 15% off your first order. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Should we get into our DS Teachable moment today? Yes, I would love to. This is in response to the episode that we did about vegetarianism and veganism. Yeah. You know, we, we definitely talked about like how in our experiences or and, and especially Your mine, experience. especially mine, like the the pursuit of vegetarianism can be a little bit disordered. Yeah. For me, it was not that way. Well, that's good. Yeah. But, I, but idealistically, I think it's such an incredible lifestyle choice yeah I think it's great like if you are an animal lover it is important to be aware of these horrible practices Mm -hmm. that go into harvesting our meat and so on but somebody wrote in and I thought this was actually very interesting thanks for shining a light on this and bringing an interesting topic up oh my god you're welcome (laughs) I love the show and I'm a loyal listener I loved listening to your take on vegetarianism and veganism in recovery. It made me really consider why being vegan for me doesn't trigger restriction or feel like a method of seeking control Mm -hmm. in my own eating disorder recovery. I'm 31 now and I've been a vegetarian since age five. A little hardcore animal lover. That's so cute. That's really cute. And vegan since maybe 25. I went to residential eating disorder treatment in 2012, and I actually left the first residential eating disorder treatment center because they kept questioning my reasons for being vegetarian Mm. and kept telling me I needed to eat meat and didn't trust me that it was not about restriction. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Side note, I've heard that sometimes at these eating disorder treatment centers, they can be very harsh. And that's literally their job because the patients there will find any reason not to eat mm-hmm. certain things. And so they need to kind of be hardcore. But this is a little upsetting to hear because obviously you didn't want to eat meat. Mm-hmm. I became vegan once I was in semi-recovery for my eating disorders. And in many ways, it has healed me even further from the disordered thoughts I used to have and the control I used to seek. 
And I think I realized this because the decision to be vegan to me is not about the actual food. It's about my love for animals and my dislike of cruelty. Mm -hmm. So being vegan is just perfectly in line with everything I believe in. And because of this, I feel good about eating. I feel like whenever I eat, I'm sort of standing up for the humane treatment of animals. As weird as that sounds in writing. No, it makes a lot of sense. I think maybe this is so easy for me because I've always been this way. And the idea of eating meat is is just not even on the table for me and never was pre-eating disorder either. Mm -hmm. It's never been a decision because it's just right for me. To eat animal products would not line up with who I am. And this is separate from my weight or my body. So I guess veganism is more about my mind and heart and values. And this is not to place judgment on anyone. Your podcast just made me really reflect on why it's not a restriction for me. I love that. We all figure out what our values are in this world, and mine just happens to overlap with food, eating, and eating disorder recovery. Yeah. I, I really love this because it, I share the exact same sentiment, and she actually communicated it a little bit better than I did in that episode, which is like everybody should assess individually what is right for them. Yeah. And while you can idealistically be like, it's it's horrible the way that we're treating animals mm -hmm. and I don't approve of factory farming and all this horrible shit, but it's still not right for me to be vegetarian. And that's the choice that I had to make. But on the other side of that, she's saying that it has nothing to do with food. So therefore, it has nothing to do with restriction. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with like the way that it might affect her body. It's purely about her trying to be humane. Yeah. And not be cruel to animals. Yeah. I, I would sense. love to have a vegan or a vegetarian like currently practicing right now on the podcast to talk about it because I felt bad that a lot of people came from that episode thinking that we were saying that veganism or vegetarianism is is restrictive eating or whatever, or like disordered eating. And it's yeah. like, no, like it was for Emily. And yeah. it was she realized that, you know, and that mm -hmm. is a fair thing for you to realize during your journey. But I don't think it was a judgment. And I'm sorry if you guys, you know, heard it this way. Oh, yeah, no. It was definitely not saying anybody who's vegan is, has an eating disorder. Anybody who's vegetarian, like we're just saying check in with yourselves. Yeah. And, and one more thing, uh, not all restrictions are bad. Like I think oftentimes when we say restrictive diet or, or I'm restricting, it's in the context of disordered eating. Yeah. And in my opinion, that type of restriction is bad, but people go on all sorts of diets and, and they restrict certain foods for all kinds of reasons. And in this particular case, if you're restricting meat because you don't believe in eating meat or animal byproducts. Yeah. If you don't believe in the ethics yeah. of it, yeah. then that is a restriction that is perfectly fine and okay and honestly admirable. And I love to see somebody like this who's like, yes, I have struggled with eating issues, but this isn't one of them. Yeah. Like, and it, it was for you, mm -hmm. which is still valid. Your brain was just in a, a totally different space. And I think you were trying to find a way to restrict without outwardly restricting. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I think, what you're warning other people of. Is yeah, like, that's that's more what it is, is like, I think sometimes the brain is so amazing that you can even convince yourself that you're doing something for a certain reason. And mm -hmm. that's really not the reason. We edited this out once. But you shared with me a restrictive eating habit that you used to have. Oh, yeah. Can I say it? Are you I guys going to edit it out? No, no. <laughs> I think it makes sense right here. Okay. I have done something mm -hmm. 
in the not so distant past. And I still struggle with it a little bit, but I'm getting so much better. Mm-hmm. And it it is a restrictive thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't entirely know why. It is left over from my eating disorder. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time eating the same thing or the same food group mm-hmm. twice in one day. So she won't do fruit twice. She won't do strawberries in the morning and then a smoothie in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I won't, she do, won't avocado do avocado toast and, and then, then guacamole. Later. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. If it's like I have a um, an almond snack, then I don't want to have a peanut butter sandwich later because mm-hmm. it's nuts. You know, it, and it is and nuts. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it is. This is, I think, a thing where you have recognized it in yourself that you're like, this isn't just like a little quirk. No. Like I am a quirky girl, but this is stemming from an eating disorder and disorder, yeah. a past of disordered eating. And so like when you bring it up, like it's like, okay, yeah. Like then this is a thing that you can figure out how to push through. Right. Instead I mean, of just ignoring it. It got so crazy at one point that it was like, I couldn't have a yogurt parfait in the morning mm-hmm. and then cheese at night. Yeah. Because they were both milk products. Right. Like, and just, I don't know how many s- people are going to relate to that exactly if anybody does relate to that please let me know because i this might just be a me thing but also if you have other restrictive habits that you're like oh that's just so silly or whatever and then maybe you take the time to be like wait what is that Uh uh-huh you know yeah and and when i get down to the root of what that really is it's just trying to reduce the overall consumption of Mm -hmm. food it's just that you know limiting i can only have this food group once a day and that included meat by the way once I started eating meat it was like if I had a bacon and eggs in the morning I wouldn't eat a burger at Mm -hmm. night like I wouldn't eat meat it it just it literally is based in nothing and those rules take the onus off of you you're like I didn't I don't not want to eat this has nothing to do with how I feel about my body or whatever this is just like this funny thing I and it's like no, let's let's go in. Yeah, and I think in TV and movies, a lot of these like weird eating habits are shown as like quirky little things. Mm-hmm. But too often I find that they're compulsive and they're not they're not quirky at I, all. I felt like eating fast food was seen as like a quirky thing for yeah. a while and I would like lean into it even harder because so many people were so anti-fast food mm. that I'd be like I eat so much fast food. Do you like even like fast food? I like it fine. Yeah. I probably like it once a week tops. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually had a similar experience because there was a time, I think it was like maybe the early 2010s mm-hmm. where that was a big thing. Maybe it was like Paris Hilton was the origin. Eating but the it's Carl's like Carl's Jr. burger on yeah, the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the hottest thing you can do as a woman is just eat fast food all the time. And be thin. And, Of course. So like I would try to do that. Mm -hmm. And then I would just feel like shit all the time because Mm -hmm. I wasn't eating anything fresh. Yeah. And that's not hot. (laughs) By the way, never eating a vegetable is not hot. Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. 
Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. All right, should we move on? We have a Dear DST. Hell yeah. All right. Dear DST, I recently had dinner with my partner's family and we ended up talking about food. I have had a complicated relationship with food in recent years and this dinner sent me spiraling more than I would have anticipated. I would love your insight. I'm 24 and for most of my life, I had a very healthy relationship with food. My parents did their best to keep away from diet culture and actually had proud sweet tooths. My house was definitely a dessert household and then I went to college. In combination, my terrible anxiety, bad depression and poor self-talk led to a poor relationship with food. I ended up losing a lot of weight for me quite quickly and by the end of my junior year, I was the thinnest I had been for a long time. I was in my worst state health-wise, mentally and physically. This leads me to now. I have gotten back to a much healthier place with food, and I'm happy to live with my partner who also focuses on intuitive eating and enjoying food. Oh, amazing. (laughs) I have gained weight and have been learning to respect the body I'm in. I often remind myself that I am much healthier now than I was three years ago and that buying bigger jeans is not indicative of being unhealthy. Yes. Nope, it's indicative of being cool. Yes. (laughs) That too. Um, So this past weekend, I had dinner with some of my partner's family. I generally enjoy being around them and I have felt comfortable over the years. Somehow the conversation got to food and one person was asking about our guilty pleasures. Oh God. I was pleased to hear my partner respond with the opposition to the word guilty and insisted that they are just pleasurable foods with no moral determination. Although the older family members did not seem convinced of this non-guilty mentality. We then got to talking about fast food and ice cream and I shared that. My parents love dessert, and my family actually had something sweet most nights at my house, even if it was something small. I could feel the surprise from others at the table. Something that I love about my family felt sort of bad, shocking, or guilt-worthy. I suddenly felt guilty about how often I would eat fast food growing up, knowing that this would also shock the others at the table. It seemed like my partner's family would have been appalled to know that I would get Taco Bell almost every Friday after gymnastics practice for many years as a kid. I felt like this gross, corrupting outsider. (laughs) Since that night, I have been sort of obsessing over the ways others responded to my love of desserts and pleasure from fast food. I feel disappointed in myself for having let others get to me this way, but I can't help but honor the way I'm feeling. Any advice on how to deal with these feelings? Any thoughts on how to navigate conversations where others are pushing the bad and good, in quotes, food dichotomy? Any advice on how to prepare myself for the next time, dinner, family event, knowing that I disagree somewhat deeply on food and dieting? I love the pod and love you too, Remy and Emily. Sorry to ramble on. 
ramble away. We uh, love your rambles. Love pleasure shouldn't feel guilty, bitch. One hundo p agree. Pleasure should not feel guilty. I always found that guilty pleasure thing a little odd. Like when people ask, what, when it What's comes your to guilty anything, pleasure, yeah, yeah. Like not just food, like TV, like. If you ask what do me, you like that you'd be embarrassed about? Right? It's like, well, I watch Love Island, but it's not, I'm not really guilty, not guilty about it. It's pleasurable. Yeah. I really love your attitude in general about food. I love that you grew up in a sweets household. Yeah. I have said that I grew up in a sweets household. We always had dessert. Mm-hmm. We had ice cream like every single day in the summer and it was never weird. And I also had other pro- I grew up a little fucked up around food, but I think it's a beautiful thing I really do like kids get so excited the joy on their faces when they have an ice cream cone like nothing will ever match that and I think it's just such a lovely thing for your family to do I'm sorry that your boyfriend's family made you feel like this was wrong or weird or gross because it's absolutely not you just didn't grow up in a restrictive household yeah I also think these people who are saying that stuff is gross like that, like they're judging themselves. Yeah, they're if, projecting if, for sure. Right. If they're calling a guilty pleasure guilty, it's like that's something that I would be guilty of and maybe have been guilty of. Right. But yeah, I hate that feeling of feeling like the weird one. Like the can you believe that this person would even exist? Yeah, like, I'm sure that you've had this experience before. I don't know why I'm sure I just am <laughs> Okay. where like you say something to someone and you think it's the most normal. Thing, yeah. 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 And then for they sure. stare at you like you have three heads and you're like, what? am I just am I nuts? There, like, there would be a lot of times not about food, but where people would talk about, I don't know, service or how like a restaurant was or whatever. And they'd complain about a lot of stuff. And I'd go. Are they complaining about this because they're genuinely bothered or are they complaining because they think they should complain about this stuff? I have felt that like, way Like is too. the complaining to make you look like you just care a little more or that you're a little <laughs> more sophisticated or whatever. Yeah, and like, like it's part of your fine dining experience. Yeah, or like just saying like, oh, well, we would never eat like that because it's wrong. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> It's definitely not morally wrong. No. But also, why would they make you feel weird about it? Yeah, like even if they do think it's wrong, is it wrong enough to make a point of it to you and and possibly make you feel bad? Yeah. I, in terms of advice for how she should handle these types of situations, I think we might have very different advice. Mm -hmm. And my advice is purely from experience in my own family with other people's families, just like understanding, weighing the consequences of getting in an argument over something that we will never agree on. Okay, but here's the thing. There are so many other conversations going on at the dinner table that things of people like they'll never agree on. Mm -hmm. People still bring that shit up. Yeah, I know. I know. You know? Well, so what I was going to say is my advice is maybe not the best advice, but my advice is always avoid, avoid, avoid. I I think there are certain... what if they're bringing it up? Yeah. So if they're bringing it up, I think you need to find a way to take what they're saying with a grain of salt because we all have family members that say things 
and who have opinions that we are just simply never going to agree on. And any dissection or debate with them just makes you angrier, just adds more stress to, to and, and makes you question whether you really are justified. Mm. I think with those people, you better save your energy, girl. You better walk away or change the subject. I think you're never, ever going to reach any kind of resolution, especially if they are this brainwashed that they think it's gross to eat dessert. Mm. Okay, see, this is where my my counter thing is yeah, going to come well, in. You're, uh, but I like this yeah. aspect of your personality that you're a little bit of a contrarian. It's not even that. It's like these are people that you're going to have to be around for years. Yeah. So you might as well start laying the groundwork for better conversations. I still have people in my family that don't speak to me correctly about food or my body or their bodies or whatever. It doesn't have to be a huge fight every yeah, no, time. I, yeah, I know. It can be somebody commenting on something and then you just say, yeah, but I like that. You know, whatever. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be like you're fat phobic and you are like overrun with toxic diet culture or whatever like you don't have to label anyone anything and you don't have to give them like a full essay I do think it's good if you know people do mention stuff that you don't like maybe go in with like a little bit of what you're gonna say yeah like a little script and that's all you're gonna say yeah you know what I mean like if if the conversation goes even deeper and like well what about childhood obesity you know what we should look into that later. Right now I'm just talking about what I like and I just feel that nobody knows my personal health better than I do. So yeah, you can always say that's a conversation for another day. I that's think. a conversation. Oh, have you done research into that? I would love to talk about that another <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, no, you're so right. I, I mean, I do think w it depends on the situation, right? I find that something that I have a hard time dealing with is, is at you know, holidays or family functions and stuff yeah. is when somebody makes a joke and you don't want to be the person to bring down the entire room because even though the joke sucks and mm -hmm. the joke is at the expense of other people or at the expense of fat people, that person says it like a joke, even though it's not really a joke. Mm. And then you have to sit there and be like, oh, well, do, do I call them out for telling a fat phobic joke or, or do I just kind of like, ignore it, pretend I didn't hear it. I think a really great way to go about it is to say, I don't understand that joke. Can you explain it to me? I know. That's like the best. Yeah. Like, I don't really, I don't really, what was the punchline? Yeah. You know, when it's not a joke, when it's just like, oh, like there's so much sugar in that. We should never be eating that. There's so much sugar in it. Uh -huh. That's like a little bit more where I would go the ignore route because mm. they're always going to think it's too much sugar and you're always going to be like it's not that big of a deal so <laughs> but you can also meet them where they are like and that's the thing too is I I have this aspect of my personality that if somebody says something to me that I think is like morally wrong my first instinct is to be like the, the, the whole person's bad throw it out which mm. you cannot do you will lose every relationship in your life. Yeah. I think it's better to just kind of go into it with an understanding of, okay, this is where this person is. And they're kind of maybe speaking from their own pain rather than trying to like belittle me. And I think that's what this person needs to remind themselves. Like you have done so much work and like you are in a good place. And so for these other people to judge you, 
it's not because you're not in a good place. It's because they're not in a good place. Yeah. And that's okay. And it doesn't mean that they hate you or that you have to hate them. It's just like, okay, this is where we are in the conversation. We can have further ones down the line. You don't have to bring it up every time either. You can have some no. ones where you ignore. You can have some ones where you, go, where you really go in. Yeah, it, it would be miserable to, to talk about this every I, single time. I let things go a lot. Yeah. As much as I do bring them up, sometimes it's just not appropriate. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's not the time. You're not going to get to them. So you might as well not. But often in these family situations, it's like, you when let, else you let one thing slide, but then it just keeps coming up again and keeps coming up mm -hmm. again. And before you know it, it's grown into this massive issue. Yeah. When really it's it's just two people that disagree. Yeah. I never want it to grow to the place where I'm now your safe space to talk shit on yeah. people or talk shit on eating or whatever. Like, let's just let's just make that clear. Like we're I'm not going to be the one that you're going to have these conversations with. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I need to start doing that more. I don't know. I, Maybe. I, I do have a hard time with it. But I, I also just, I don't want to forget this. This is your boyfriend's family. Mm -hmm. Your boyfriend sounds like he's on the same page as you. Totally. And he didn't pick his family. Yep. Okay. So as much as you didn't pick them, he also didn't pick them. Mm -hmm. So I think if you guys are aligned, don't let other people, even if they're related to him, even if you care about them and they care about you, don't let them derail you or make you think that you're not doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. You have your partner there and you're both on the exact same page. That's your teammate. too. Yes. You know, like you can even maybe at those dinners, somebody says something. Look for a little a little look in your in your boyfriend. You know, like you guys can look across the table at each other and have an understanding that these people are crazy or like <laughs> these people just aren't where we are right now. Yeah. You know, and then you can find some solace in just that look. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. just something that it's like, listen, or we know we're going to talk about this in, on the car ride home. Oh yeah. I love talking shit telepathically. Yeah. It's so It's fun. so fun. Um, thank you for writing in. And do you have any more advice? That's no, I'm just wishing you more luck. And I, I do think you're on a great path and just remind yourself of that. Yeah. You guys, that's it for today's episode. Be sure to send your questions to dst at betches.com to get them answered. Yes, and follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. If you like this episode, please write us a review. And don't forget to check out our DST merch on shop.betches.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And of course, follow me at Lubination. Follow me at Remy Casimir. And you guys, we are always with you. Through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com or your voicemails to 212-287-5650. Betches.